Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing WandaVision feedback. Your feedback, our feedback, feedback about your feedback, probably Ashley's feedback and Twitch's feedback. There's a lot of things to talk about with WandaVision, you guys. There are so many theories. All of that and more right after this that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, it's good to hear from you, buddy. But you know what? It's not about us today. It's about hearing what everyone else is saying about this show, including our esteemed producer, uh, Ashley Coffin. How you doing, Ashley? I'm so pumped. New content. New content. New content. I'm so happy. So freaking excited. And I'm glad they gave me two. Like after the first one, I was like, okay, I have no idea. I have no idea. I liked what I saw. Oh, yes. There's one more. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. There's one more, and then we watch that, and then we're like, I still have no idea, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's well, so the, beautiful. The thing that really got me with that, it, it, that I think is important for that they did the two at one time, is that they both stayed almost completely within the world of Wanda's vision, if you will. <laughs> um, That's a good one. So good one. I didn't even mean to, but yes, of Wanda's reality that she's creating, and I think. I'm hoping that next week we get to see a little more of what's outside that bubble. Cause I think if we had gone mm-hmm. three weeks without seeing anything outside that bubble, it would have felt really um, uh, contained. And I think a lot of people are already complaining. I've heard a lot of online complaining about it being too, too much in the world of Wanda. And like uh, one of my buddies wrote me last night and I won't, I won't out his name. Um, so nobody will uh, go after him, but, uh, he was like, well, they could have done the freaking black and white stuff for six minutes and then gotten to the story. And I was like, I think you're just not along for the ride that we're along for. Like, yeah, I, like, this is the story. This bro. is the story. Yeah. This is the story. It's all revealing little pieces of her uh, personality and what she's going through, you know? Yeah, if they had if they had gotten to like the world crashing down in the first episode, it would have felt so rushed. Yeah. And it would have it wouldn't have solidified how important this reality is for Wanda. Yeah. I and, agree. Like, I like I like what they did with the first two episodes in that the the first episode was, you know, the I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke show, like super old television, black and white. And then the next episode was slightly newer in the mm-hmm. timeline, you know, and it, like they were still black and white, but it was still, it was newer in the timeline. It wasn't entirely inside. Like there were camera shots outside. Yeah. Like there was a different style to it. I see that they want to establish that each one is going to be a different style. And like if they had just dropped one episode and then like next week they do another one, like it would have felt off putting. And with with the first two coming out back to back like that, it was like, you know, you start to understand that and you can accept that when episode three comes along. Right. Yeah. Them going so extreme with the sitcom like Bewitch style, I think it really made um, when reality started to break through a little bit so much more noticeable and extreme, like the way she would change her voice or the dramatic pauses. Cause it wouldn't, it would stand out, but it really stands out when you have so much like, hi honey. Like, uh, I don't love Mm -hmm. that stuff. So I found myself a couple of times being like, okay, (laughs) that's cute and funny. Where's let's, let's get to the, you know, where's the darkness. 
And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Just, Where's just, the darkness? Yeah, just, just <laughs> calm down. They're getting there. That guy almost choked to death. We're right there. We're right where we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, people are choking. We're right where we need to be. If you take nothing else away from today's podcast, take it. At, that's how Ashley feels. Um, well, that's, that's a good point, though. <laughs> that, like, that really establishes the 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 background darkness of the series is that Absolutely. like we've got all of this peppy happiness and you know everything is just peachy keen in this world until somebody starts choking and then you know the the veil starts to crack a oh, little yeah. bit or yeah. the For sure. you know the curtain starts to come back a little bit and she changes from that that transatlantic you know oh my husband and his indestructible head and oh this is going to be a gas like Oof. it changes off of that into Vision, help him. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she made it like an indestructible head, it's just like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After what happened, mm-hmm. like she's trying to keep that from happening again. Like, oh. Uh, yeah. My heart. 100%. I need an indestructible heart because it's breaking. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really needed that one moment of darkness in the first episode. And I think each of these is going to get successively more into the real darkness that's going on behind the scenes. Um, do you have anything else, uh, Ash, before we dive right into this, uh, all this feedback? Cause I know you missed, you didn't get to talk about us in the first round. Um, not really too much more. Cause you guys kind of hit everything that I was going to say. Um, I'm excited to like jump, like to hear the feedback. Um, I've too. really been liking the Easter egg stuff. Cause there is a lot of stuff that I didn't notice. And I wonder if people get to it into the feedback. But something that I saw, Haley Hobbs posted a really good one on the chat. Um, and it was like pictures of the different, uh, you know, Easter eggs. But one of them, they were wrong about. Did you guys notice the bottle of wine that she the poured? It's Maison du Mépris. Yeah. yeah, Maison du Mépris. Uh, somebody put that that means house of misery, but that's not right. No, it's house of contempt, I think, is, is, yeah, is, is actually right. Yeah, I was right. like, no. Yeah, house of contempt, because misery is like misère. So I was yeah. like, no, that's because c- mis- saying that it was misery and contempt, that's very different things. Contempt, I think, makes it a lot more insidious. Like she's she's yeah. mad. <laughs> she's mad at somebody. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's Thanos, not- you took everything from me. Thanos or yeah. The world. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Mephisto. Mm. I mean, um, uh, uh. Definitely Mephisto. (laughs) And Agnes, I think her, you know how every witch has a familiar? Usually hers is a black cat, Ebony. But she's been carrying that rabbit around a lot. So my guess is that's going to be like her familiar. Senior Scratchy. That's a great call. That's great. And something else I did see that someone someone pointed out about Scratchy is that Scratch is another name for Satan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, her kid, Nicholas Scratch. Yeah. In the comics. He's a top warlock. Okay. Not just the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Right. And outside of comics, <laughs> outside of comics, old scratch or scratch is a name for Satan in like just mm-hmm. other lore. Yep. yep. And were you guys looking at the jewelry more too? For sure. Uh, Monica Rambeau's her, her pin looks like the portal thing. Yep. Yep. I was like, yes. So that's all the notes I have from when I was watching. Sweet. Yeah. No, I, we, we, we talked about that too. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely something, uh, something with her. And I think that might have something to do with the fact that she's coming from the outside world. Like maybe most of the other people there are there when this little pocket reality was created. And maybe it's because she came there uh, somehow. Well, 
See, that if we're talking theories now, like I I with her being there, with with her saying, like, uh, what is my name? You know, when she kind of hesitated and then said Geraldine, like she's it seems like she's there from the beginning, right? So mm-hmm. I wonder if she didn't get ejected in the trailer and like when she's laying there and like and she looks to the side and everybody's looking at her, like maybe she got ejected from that reality and then um and kind of got put into sword custody and said, you know, you've been there already. Like we need you to go back in and be a a double agent for us. That's possible. Or just like the helicopter that apparently crashed through. uh, Yeah. It could have been her helicopter. That's possible. Or the helicopter (gasps) crashed through and it became a toy helicopter and fit in with the reality more. It's possible when Monica walked in, she immediately was transformed into Geraldine. Huh. You know? Well, I'm like, what if she was the helicopter pilot? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That her, would make her sense. Mom's a because her mom was a pilot. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was cute that the helicopter was like Tony Stark's colors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... There's a lot Oof. of stuff going around about how everything is red, which, you know, could be Mephisto, could be a nod to her magic... Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. everything coming through every everywhere is red. So you know, I, I feel I feel like we have missed the opportunity to talk about uh, her magic in this episode because, like, what we've seen of her powers in the past is just telekinesis and, right. and like moving things. We've never seen her just create shit. Yeah, yeah, and reverse and, time. And yeah, in reverse time, like all of the things that that she's doing in this show are so much more um, powerful and what are the what's the word uh, consequential? <laughs> like, yeah, for there's sure. so much potential consequence to what she's doing here in this series that like I feel like because we know what she did and what she's done in the comics and like how powerful she is in the comics, we just kind of overlooked it. But like. In universe, this is vastly different than what she's done in the past. That's true. For, yeah. for, the, for the casual who has not paid attention or looked into her comics origins, like this seems completely new to her character. I mean, even just like creating uh, the scaffolding or the, the pulley system to hold vision, stuff like that. Yes. She, here's the question. Are they going with the comics origin, which I think they are, or is she in some sort of machine that she is just controlling with her mind this air, the, the, this world because she's so connected to it, like a framework type thing. Um, and I think either one of those things at this point could be true um, yeah. because does she have those powers or does she just have those powers in this world that she's either creating or existing within? She can warp reality. In the, right? comics, in the comics, she can warp reality. So, so that's the question here. This, she's the Mind Stone, right? Yes. Yeah. Mindstone, yeah. hmm. so the one that created her. So that's the question: is like, what what is her ability here? Are we just seeing untapped potential that she didn't know about before, or are we seeing right. the you know the mental prison that she's in, giving her this ability so that she can kind of, mm. kind of control this reality? Yeah, and, and I'm leaning towards comics origin, but you know, yeah. just just to be just to be clear that we don't really know for sure. Uh, we yeah, a right. lot of this is actually intersecting with some feedback that we have, so let's just dive okay. right in. We've got so much feedback, we are okay. not going to make it to all of it, but it'll it'll spur on lots of conversation, I'm sure. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Fox Peterson says, so here's a weird question. What's the deal with the extraction of embedded things? Leaving out the pregnancy and mindstone concepts in both episodes, someone, uh, heart slash vision, gets a thing, food slash gum, stuck in themselves, and Wanda slash vision must remove it. The weird thing is, we know from the first episode that Vision can phase the food out of heart. Why can't he phase the gum out of himself? And why can't Wanda use her magic to do that? Yeah, I think this is interesting. And I think it goes deeper than just someone having something inside them. It also is a big presentational thing is happening. And they have to prepare for the presentational thing and with the dinner or the magic show. And then yeah. during the presentational thing, they, she has to use her magic a bunch without revealing it to the audience. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's more, these two episodes have almost the exact same. And that, that part of that just goes to the kind of plots they're telling, the kind of setup they have, that they're a robot and a witch inside of this world. Yeah. But it is interesting that both of these episodes had very similar arcs and some very similar elements. And I think that may have something to do with like what story Wanda is either Wanda is telling herself or what story that whatever force is trying to have her tell. Does that make sense? Or have her know or experience. Maybe they're just getting them used to extracting things from inside a person. Um, like Mephisto's getting her ready to have mm. the, the kids extracted. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. Like it's too dark. Wait, you're wording that. <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think that's what it is too. It, it makes sense. <laughs> that, that is a, that is a good read on that. It makes sense. And I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is how I feel. Um, by the way, uh, I did mean Sorry. to. I did want to mention two more things about before we continue the feedback. We had so much feedback. I are this is pared down. We did have to just a lot of people wrote in the same things, and so a lot of these emails I had to uh, pick an email. So please forgive me if we don't use yours. And also some of these emails I pared down to the like unique thing that they were talking about that other people hadn't written in. So. Even the 21 pages is pared down. Uh, and also, all these first ones are all our patrons, and so we just wanted to get them up top. So thank you, patrons. Uh, Patreon.com slash MCUcast if you want to become one. Um, but yeah, this, thank you, guys. Um, and I tried to... Anyone who wrote in on Patreon, I threw them up top. <laughs> Patreon comments come first. Yeah, they're making the show possible. We're going to use their stuff if, if at all possible. If at all possible. Uh, Sherman Smith says, I noticed that Wanda and Vision are using their real names in this world, but Monica isn't. Hmm. What'd you think of that? Uh, it's obviously a spy. You know, we, we talked about, uh, about it a little bit in the, in our like initial reaction video. Like when she, when she hesitates for that, for that second, like she looks like she doesn't know what her name is or what her name yeah. should be. And you know, it could be just passed off as her, you know, her being like, oh, uh, we're, we're being introduced. Uh, right. I'm Geraldine. Like, nobody wants to, nobody cares who the background characters are in, you know, in these kind of sitcom right. type shows. Yeah, so yeah. it's off-putting for her to, to be approached like that. 
Well, it's either it's one of two things, and you, you either she knows her name or she doesn't. So like she's either lying in that moment, like you've you've speculated with her being a spy, or it's that the world is still being built out in in whatever way. Either the simulation or Wanda are creating this world, and when she asks her a question and probes her a little bit, it's like she has to that that name has to be created. Yeah, the, the the that part of the world has to be generated. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a uh, what was like Minecraft, you know. Yeah, like the procedurally generated world. Exactly. And Geraldine had not yet been uh, inserted as her name, but then it was. <laughs> we had that's like that's like D and D, you know, when your your players are going around the world and you like, you know, there's there's people walking down the street. You talk about the people walking down the street just to to flesh out the world a little bit but then when they ask the cab driver's name you're like it doesn't matter who the fucking cab driver is speak for yourself i needed to know lou (laughs) (laughs) his name is lou and he drives like a maniac okay you're welcome (laughs) and that that is the challenge of a good dm like trying to keep 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 control of the situation while letting your characters uh, do what they want to do but this is that you know maybe this is that that wanda is asking questions she's not supposed to really ask and when she does yeah. they're they're like uh Geraldine um i guess uh random name generator Geraldine <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then you know and much like the much like the the D&D story whenever that side character's name comes up that being that then becomes a character that people are looking forward to seeing right so you now, know we got to know she's more about be looking forward to talking about Geraldine yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, 084 says, I really love the WandaVision premiere, and it's great that I loved it for different ways than I expected to. Uh, Of course, I was going to inhale the first Marvel Studios content in a year and a half and have rose-colored glasses, but they really delved into driving the story with style above all. The first two episodes were literally a 50s-slash-60s sitcom about a witch and a robot husband with campy and silly plot lines straight out of that time period. Even the special effects were decades old, and I loved it. And of course, the MCU fan of me gobbled up all of the mystery sprinkled in. All those sword logos, Geraldine, in quotes, <laughs> Agnes, the helicopter, the radio, the color red, and of course, the guy wearing a suit that somehow looks too much like a beekeeper to be AIM. Oh, plus the Stark toaster and the Strucker Hydra wristwatch watch commercials. You can't take your eyes off the screen for a second. I cannot wait to see how they keep the story going. Until next time. Oh, wait for Oh, eight four, a long, long time writer in her. Uh, good, good to hear from you, buddy. And and, and writer in her. Good, good to have new content to talk about. And he caps encapsulated it perfectly. Like, there's people that are saying this show didn't do anything in the first two episodes, which is what I've heard criticism. Um, are just wrong. There's so much going on behind <laughs> the scenes. False. Yeah, there is absolutely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, eight four just describes so many things that if you're not paying attention, you may not see them, but they're in there. So I've got this, uh, I've been digging into this theory a little bit, um, with the date, like everything is important, right? All the little details are important in these shows. Sure. And I had not yet, uh, kind of picked apart the, the date on the calendar, you know, Mr. Hart, um, who needs to abbreviate? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> um, but the the date, August 23rd, like if you just look at 823, that doesn't really bear any significance in uh, in the MCU or in Marvel Comics. 
But if you arrange the date the way that Europeans do, because uh, they said repeatedly, she's European, she's European. That's so European, right? Mm-hmm. If you arrange it as 23-8, the way that Europeans do, that's 238. Avengers number 238, which came out in 83, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, 1983. December, yeah, December 83. Mm-hmm. Uh, that issue involved Vision being unconscious like going through a repair process after having been nearly destroyed in a fight with a nihilist and a nihilist was trying to put a negative zone, like a negative energy zone around earth to merge our world with the negative zone, like where he's from and destroy the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And vision punched through the energy barrier you follow me? Mm-hmm. He punched through the energy barrier <laughs> and and got injured, but he's you know he's out of commission right now. But he interfaced because of Star Fox, uh, who is also called Eros, who is the son of Alars, the mentor, who Alars is the father of Thanos, Oof. Titan. Big connection here. Um, he interfaced. Uh, he interfaced Vision with. Uh, the computer that runs Titan, the the subterranean computer that runs Titan. And so Vision got like all of this knowledge, all of this power. He interfaced with all kinds of, of um, mach- or all kinds of technology in Avengers Mansion as well. So he became a lot bigger. He interfaced with Avengers Mansion and everything much the way that Jarvis in the movies had already done. But mm-hmm. he was able to you know, start to repair himself or, or start to actually uh, be a part of the world when he had not been prior and, you know, affect the world around him in this weird way. And, and he started to get a bit, um, a bit egotistical, a bit egomaniacal almost. Anyway, so the, the thought is that this is also going to be a way to repair vision in much the same way that that was that like in that comic issue, we were able to interact with vision while he was being repaired. Yeah, that seems Mm -hmm. legit to me. Like that seems pretty, 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 pretty likely at least to be a nod to that comic. I don't know if it'll bear out any of the other elements of that comic, but the fact that it's a comic where he's being repaired seems like a pretty likely scenario for Easter egg at least. So if we combine that with uh, the House of M story, where uh, before that Wanda had kind of obliterated some people in, well, she was mind controlled by Dr. Doom into sending Vision crashing into Avengers Mansion and had ended up getting him killed and she felt guilty about it. That was why Vision was not there before House of M. And then she said no more, or uh, she wanted to make everybody happy. So House of M happened. Combine that with the Vision being uh, repaired story, and then combine that with the, uh, I think it's called the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, or Scarlet Witch and right. the Vision, whatever, from the 80s, <laughs> where they buy their own house and and move into the suburbs and start to make their own little nuclear family kind of thing. Yeah. The Tom King comic in issue number seven um, back in 2016 had an instance where it was like it was doing flashbacks and 
those like in one of the flashbacks vision was talking to wanda about the children saying like they're not real like we need to talk about this you created these children with your powers they're not real and she's like who the hell are you to say that they're not real like what are you you're and she oh she calls him a toaster she says mm. you're just a damn toaster that's why that was there that makes and a lot of sense like all of these things are just like falling into place now and i'm like oh my god no i need to read more comics <laughs> two the two generally accepted theories seem to be that either they're both talking about her origins as a character or they're talking about the two of their origins as a char- as characters um you know mm-hmm. the, the the toaster being about vision and it being a st- him being a stark product and the fact that the toaster has a face makes me feel like that's the one uh, and the yeah. other one being that, especially with the light being right there right and the strucker mm-hmm. one being about uh about her creating her creating her um also, this is this is this is another here. Or there, the, well, the other theory being that they're both about Wanda's Wanda's history, her and tragedy, that, her tragedies. That's what yes. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's because of the ticking. Totally a good uh, a good thought, but I also think that the toaster looking so human, having a face, seems to be a vision connection. If the next one's about Pietro's death, we'll know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, like the. Uh, the the toaster when it was when it was ticking, if when it was counting down rather, like she pushed the thing and it made the the repulsor sound right. Mm-hmm. But then it sat there ticking and it became a very awkward tense kind of situation when it was making the toast before it it went off. That reminds me a lot of the scene in Age of Ultron when sh- when they're the twins are saying like we sat there for two days waiting yeah. for yeah. Tony Stark to kill us. Yeah, exactly. That's the tragedy yeah. we're talking about. Uh, a, yeah, it's either it's it's either that or it's talking about their both of their origins. And I think we'll find out more as we get more more of those. Uh, Alyssa Haynes says hi, Matt and Jeff. Yay, WandaVision! <laughs> <laughs> two exclamation marks. So happy, Phase Four is officially underway. Okay, so I guess this is this would be my first feedback submission. In the WandaVision instant take episode, you guys briefly speculated that the sword agent's hands we see taking notes were Maria Hills. But what if those were actually the hands of Daisy Johnson? With Daisy, Sousa, and Cora ending up in deep space at the end of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season, series, whatever... And that leading to the speculation that they were some of the first agents of S.W.O.R.D., I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. I so badly want Daisy and Sousa to cross over into the main MCU, and with S.W.O.R.D. obviously being a big part of WandaVision, this seems like a perfect inroad. Love you 3000, Alyssa Jane. I want this. I want this very badly. It would be really cool to see them. Here's the reason I don't think it's true, though or that I don't think they're going to do it is if they were going to do it, they would have had a sword logo in agents of shield. Apparently back then we reported uh, a story that like they wanted to do a sword logo at the end of agents of shield, but Kevin Feige and crew said, no, they would not give them the, uh, the okay to use the sword logo in agents of shield, which to me means they have other plans for sword and that this this sword is not connecting with what they're doing. This is not the sword we're looking for. I think is what, what I'm getting at. <laughs> that is not the sword we're looking for. This is the sword we should be looking for. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I, 
as much as I want it. I want Sousa back. I want Daisy back um, real bad, but I just don't think Feige wants to combine their peanut butter and his chocolate, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. And, uh, it, it is unfortunate because that last season was real good. Um, and overall, the show was, you know, it was more positive than it was negative. Absolutely. Um, I thinking on it though, it's just not, I would say it's not the same caliber that the, the rest of the MCU is. I think it was really good TV. I think that's true. That is true. But I also think that like they're wanting to tell in this story in WandaVision what sword is right. They want to introduce sword. Just like we've talked about in the past when like when a, when a big movie wants to introduce a character, they, they try to give that to the director of that movie to introduce that character. They don't, they don't want it to be introduced on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or they want to like give them the creative yeah. freedom. And I think that's the same case here. I think they're wanting to introduce the idea of S.W.O.R.D. and I don't think they want them to yet be an organization that has like spaceships out in, in, in the cosmos. You know, that's probably something they'll have to build towards. But I may, I may be wrong. I don't know. It just seems like they probably started working on S.W.O.R.D., around the time of Thanos snap or something like that. And it's like, they're probably build, still building up to the idea of having like spaceships out in the cosmos. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I honestly, honestly, I don't even think that that's the, the thing. I think that sword has been under Nick Fury's development for a while since the nineties, uh, ever since the scrolls. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, ever that's, since that's the fair. Skrulls. That's fair. That's very possible. And I think that he has kept that secret from literally everyone else. Um, until he has needed the the resources that sword has. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though, that they get involved now like this, as far as we know, and I'm, and it may be, we may be wrong, but as far as we know, this is not a galactic threat. This would be more of a job for shield. You'd think. Yeah. Unless she's out, on, that, which lends me to the theory that she's out on a scroll ship somewhere, but I don't know. Dylan Bruce Hunsinger says, it seems like whenever Wanda is about to encounter something that, for lack of a better term, blows her cover, Mr. Hart asking why they were there, Debbie questioning why Jimmy Woo was talking to her through the radio, she causes harm to the prosecutor or the one's breaking character. If you watch back uh, right before Mr. Hart chokes and right after he starts to get aggressive, Wanda stares at him before he starts to choke. Mm. Same thing with Debbie. She keeps questioning Wanda, but this time it shows with the music build and the camera shots, the, the pressure mounting in Wanda before the glass shatters in Debbie's hand. I could be way off base, but I feel like this is Wanda reprimanding the characters when they go off script or get too close to the actual truth. Side note, if she really did, or if she, if she did really break the glass in her hand, then Piper wants her powers back. Excited to see where the rest of the show goes. It's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to listen. Piper wants her powers back. What is that from? I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Dylan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lost on that one. I don't know if that's a Buffy reference because she's Piper. Piper in a... There was a Piper in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she didn't have powers, right? Right. Okay, sorry, Dylan. I don't know the reference. Jessica Ma says it's a charmed reference. Oh, okay, gotcha. That is a one of those many successors to Buffy that I feel like took over that like supernatural um, sort of, I don't know, YA 
but generally good as far as I understand uh, shows, but I never watched. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Sorry. Yeah, no, this is interesting. Um, interesting feedback. I, I think the interesting part is that obviously that like Wanda is it's, it's further evidence that Wanda's in control in some way and that she's she's the one protecting the environment as much as we see Agnes and Dottie seemingly possibly protecting this world. It does seem like Wanda herself wants to remain in this world and and is using her powers in ways that like seem almost unintentional like she doesn't know what she's doing which i think relates really well to this next uh this next feedback actually lauren water says we were rewatching age of ultron when something stuck out to me so wanda and pietro are talking about their parents death and they say that they were all at the table when a shell went off and their parents fell through the floor wanda and pietro made it to their parents bedroom when when another shell came in but it happened to not go off i was thinking how odd it was that uh, both of they made it into a whole other room when they were at the same table as their parents, and the fact that uh, the bomb just so happened to not go off. When I started wondering if maybe the twins had an early manifestation of their powers, with Pietro using super speed to get away, and then Wanda altering reality so the second bomb doesn't go off. This would mean they had powers pre-Infinity Stone. They were 10 when their parents died, so maybe the Infinity Stone just pushed their powers to manifest stronger. This could also be why they were the only two to survive the experiment. I also think we may see Baron Von Strucker in a WandaVision flashback. It's just an idea, but thought you may find it interesting. Thank you, Lauren. I find this super interesting uh, in a couple of ways. I find it super interesting that... Like, it's a cool connection, and it very much... Like, there's two things they do in that story, and they mirror their two powers. This is a really cool theory. Uh, and that maybe they had powers beforehand, but it ties into that previous feedback in that maybe they didn't know they were using their powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they were sort of mm-hmm. un, unintentionally manifesting their powers and didn't have control of them, but, like, made it to the other room. And the bomb didn't go off because Wanda's sitting there staring at it, dreaming that it will not go off, that she'll survive, and it never goes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Magneto. You think about the reliability of the narrator, right? Like they're 10 at the time. Right. Absolutely. And the imagination of a 10 year old is vast and, and vivid and getting into the teen years and having it being a very stressful situation. That's like, that's mutant one one. you know, that's, that's when yeah. your powers <laughs> manifest. So like, what if they manifested there and then, you know, they later uh, went and found that out and used the Infinity Stone to enhance it. What do you mean by uh, similar to Magneto? Like in the beginning of, um, I think it's Days of Future Past when he's what, 11, 10, 11 oh, in when Nazi he rips Germany? The fence down? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like tense situation, add, add a teenager in a tense situation if they've got the X gene, that's like when it manifests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, I, so, I like this as a theory, and it ties really well into what's going on in WandaVision. And is Wanda using her powers unintentionally to control this world? Oh, no, it's definitely intentionally. Well, <laughs> at this point, it's intentional. It, yeah, at, you so, can at tell. At some points, yeah. She says no. Yeah, yeah. she's. That, I honestly think she's going to be kind of the villain in this. I she think knows so too. When that beekeeper came out like that and she saw it, she's pretend she is gaslighting herself through all of this, but she rewrote that she rewound time and said the same thing. So she already knew what she had said. What's the thing? 
in comics, she is a little uh, cracked in the brain as well. Like she, she has a little bit of mental illness. <laughs> but you can't kind of do that because the mental illness came from her mutant powers. I mean, you, you can still do mental illness because she's just had tons of trauma. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have to figure out how to like walk back. This is their days of future past kind of because you have to like figure out how to fix the fact that we've never had mutants so far. Right. And that nobody would know about them while also talking about the stones like because the stones can never kind of go away. I don't think because, she, you know, she got her powers from the stones and there's no way to kind of erase that. So I'm so interested to how they're going to tie all this together. It's a big feat. Yeah, for sure. If they're even going <laughs> yeah. for that, like we're 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 talking a lot about if this mutant abilities, they may just never connect her with mutant abilities at all. You know, they, yeah. they may bring mutants in later, and it may just be a completely separate thing. And Wanda was just a different sort, had a different source of power in this universe, and Magneto was never her father, and all of this stuff. Yeah, well, they can't. I don't think now. And but Wiccan and Speed, it's will be the first like actual X Men in the MCU, and I think that's so interesting. Right, if they manifest that way and if they like call them mutants. But they won't, yeah. I mean, they can now. They have the full ability to do that. And this could be the beginning of that, especially with Falcon Winter Soldier coming and Madripoor being a thing. Like, yeah. This seems like they are <laughs> starting the to connect. And the obvious gambit that we saw. And the obvious the gambit. The obvious night. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> what if Wanda and Vision are like the Adam and Eve of mutants? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like Wanda seems like she might be the Eve of mutants. And I mean that there's comics origins for her getting rid of them. This could be her, you know, creating them. Um, it's been speculated for years that that's what they're doing. You know, cause they had the 179 right after no more mutants, they could do the opposite and have, you know, here's some mutants, and yeah. it's 179 and then it grows and grows and grows. Oh uh, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Or was it the 197? It was just under 200. I don't remember at all. It's in the comics. <laughs> I remember just under 200. I was going to say a hundred, but I am, I'm just making it, making up numbers, I guess. Yeah. Well, it like it was just under 200 that were not, that still had powers after the mass depowering of M day. Right. And, you know, they, they modified it a little bit and then everybody started to get their powers back and then it became like, oh, mutants are just a thing again. Yeah. Kind of frustrating how they didn't, like, stay with that, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And then freaking Cyclops treated it like a genocide and got all crazy. Mm. Anyway. All right, <laughs> before we get into this next one, let's take a quick ad break because this episode is going to be freaking long and our provider requires us to take an ad break every once in a while if we go on a crazy long episode like this one's probably going to be so we'll be right back after this ad we have no control over all right we're back what we got up next georgia cross says hey guys so wandavision came out and i literally couldn't be more excited about it since listening to your cast on Friday, I've watched it multiple times, and I've made a list of all of the Easter eggs and observations I found. Hopefully, some of these random pieces of spaghetti actually stick to the wall. If there are any that previous feedbacks have already mentioned, feel free to skip over them. It's a long list. I took a few out, but... <laughs> wow, it's so long a list, and you took some out. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I apologize for the long list. I'm just very enthusiastic. First, in episode one, Wanda and Vision's house number is 2800. 
which, according to a few sources, is supposed to be the creators confirming the actual dimension number that the MCU is in, Earth 2800. This might not be true. I just thought it was fun. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Abe Brown, one of the names in the fake credits at the end of episode one, is not only a character from Spider-Man Homecoming in comics, he is also the hero Black Tiger. Hmm. Didn't know that. In episode two, during the animated opening credits, Vision phases through the floor, and for like a split second, we see this. And he... Holy shit! Yeah, right. Um, we had talked about the Grim Reaper on our episode, and when she, when when Vision phases the floor, the Grim Reaper's helmet is in the floor. Yeah. Yep. The Grim Reaper's helmet is in the floor. Grim Reaper's helmet. What does this mean? Also, the observation that was made about the Scythe being on Agnes's brooch last cast is pretty much a direct reference to the Grim Reaper. At first, I thought it was just a coincidence, but two coincidences? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to think that like Grim Reaper and Mephisto could be the big bads that lead all the way into Doctor Strange, because now I'm starting to think Mephisto might be the big bad in Doctor Strange. Like My theories are all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about, what about Nightmares? Like, what if, what if this is just all a, a dream of Wanda's and, uh, and Nightmare becomes the big bad? I don't know anything about Nightmare. Who's yeah, Nightmare? I think it could, yeah, you're right. You're right. That too. I have that in my notes somewhere. I'm looking for Nightmare because I was like, what if this all just turns into be like the darkest story with all these like demons? <laughs> <laughs> Give us non-comics reader a quick who's Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare is a, a denizen of the dark dimension, which is ruled over by Dormammu. Uh, yeah. But he's also kind of the... Sort of like the Lord of Dreams, almost, in that he he has a lot of uh, control over people's dreams and tries to manifest through dreams a lot. Um, okay. Like, manifest into our world. It has to be sealed off a lot. Think very Shadow King-y. Like yeah, Shadow yeah, yeah. King a little bit. Like, a lot of, a lot of mind control uh, via dreams and, you know, the mind's a powerful thing, especially in a sleep state, right? So... If Wanda is asleep in this and is being affected by Nightmare, and Nightmare is like a classic Doctor Strange villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes less sense than it might tie in, I see. Yeah. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, Nightmare was uh, was one of the main dudes in the animated Doctor Strange thing when all the kids were asleep. Um, hmm. And they were like comatose and just staying asleep. I don't I don't remember exactly. Hmm. It's been a while since I've watched that. <laughs> uh, but what I find interesting on this picture, though, and if you could put it in uh, in Twitch, that would be Oh, yes. Be great. Uh, I will so do that right it. now. My bad. I should have done this sooner. I literally had it ready to go, and I just forgot to do it. Uh, oh, here we go. This is the uh, the image you can see. Grim Reaper's helmet as well as some bones and other little assorted things in the floor. So in this picture, Grim Reaper's helmet and the bones are under the floorboards, right? Almost like they are buried. Mm-hmm. And right. in, in the Tom King 2015-2016 Vision series, Grim Reaper shows up in like one of the first issues. Shows up and like tries to kill them but it it turns out like vision's family he vision's not there he's at work or something of the sort um <laughs> and the family ends up killing grim reaper and burying him and like mm. hiding the body mm. okay 
So maybe in this world, his family has done that, or which his family at this I point mean, is only Wanda. So like, it makes sense. I think sense it's, that I she think it's mostly just like a that. reference to it. Yeah, I, I, I think agree, it's mostly I agree. just a reference to that. But that's cool. <laughs> I mean the 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 wife that Vision makes in that in that particular comic is like her brain patterns are based on the uh the brain scan of wanda like mm-hmm. wanda gave that to him was like maybe you can find somebody who's not me you know okay like find somebody who's not me but is me and he makes a wife basically so Ugh. it kind of is wanda anyway it's it's a weird thing but oh, like yeah i kind of remember it's a what reference. you're talking about now yeah the robot wife yeah he makes a whole robot family. He makes yeah. himself like a droid family. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Virginia. That was her name. Uh, Virginia, Vin, and Viv were there. Nice. Uh, the, <laughs> the family names. Anyway, Georgia uh, Cross continues. Finally, the beekeeper. This whole thing is really confusing, but I think I may be onto something. I think maybe the beekeeper may have something to do with AIM. Hear me out. The last Avengers game, who was the big bad? I didn't play it, but after doing some research, I came to the conclusion that AIM was the antagonist of the entire game. The symbol AIM in the game was this hexagon. This hexagon that I'm putting on the screen right now. Uh, Yeah. Interesting, right? A hexagon. See where I'm going with this? The B imagery, the hexagon imagery, this can't be a coincidence. Not to mention that AIM uniforms look just like beekeeper suits. They do. Also in the game, the things are called hives. Mega hives, hives. Mm. Yep. All of that. It's all B imagery with AIM. In the the game, I don't know if that's the way in comics, honestly. I don't remember. AIM's not important, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Like they just never have been. They're just bullshit. Well, I guess if we're all kind of burn out on Hydra stuff, you know, you got to do something. Yeah. You got to have a different <laughs> bad organization. They, they do look like beekeeper uniforms or beekeeper suits. They do. And mm-hmm. I, if I recall correctly, they're called beekeepers like those particular um, dudes. See, so I like, obviously this theory lines up and makes a lot of sense, but I kind of, it just smacks to me of a red herring like it could be that's how it feels to me and I'm, i could it could be wrong it absolutely might be what they're doing it feels to me like they're doing the other stuff we're talking about where this is a me- the beast the bee and the beekeeper is a metaphor for what's going on and the comic stuff is more of a connection to aim that they're just sort of like hinting at as a as a nod to the comics readers that might like lead you down the wrong path to me that's what it feels like but i i could be wrong. It could be. Um, it could be that AIM is, um, you know, infiltrating sword or whatever. <laughs> I, I really yeah, hope much the same as Hydra. No, I would hate that. Yeah, that would be bad. I would hate that a lot. But, um, you know, we were saying that Marvel was getting Kamala Khan into like, into the public consciousness and the, the public yeah, absolutely. Uh, understanding via the game. What if they were doing that with AIM? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so debunked, uh, (laughs) (laughs) busted. (laughs) So uh, George Cross continues. I don't know why they would have both aim and sword storylines going at the same time, but it's Marvel. So I trust them. 
Also, it seems that no one has noticed the hexagon at the beginning of episode two during the opening credits. If you watch at three minutes, six seconds, you can see the stars create an obvious hexagon pattern. This seems yeah. pretty deliberate. Yeah, Anyways, I saw that that's somewhere. all I have for now. And I'm so sorry for the extremely long email, but also theorizing is super fun. So sorry, not sorry. Thanks <laughs> for the cast, Georgia Cross. Thank you, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I like know, both those theories or all of those you things. Know, you know, uh, here's here's the thing. I, I was thinking, OK, beekeepers aim hexagons hive, you know, procuring honey. That's sweet, sweet nectar from from Wanda. Sounding dirtier and dirtier. Gotcha. Going into the world as Mephisto, whatever. That may, that's all well and good, like cool. But what if it's simpler than that? What if it's just that her powers in the comics, like the chaos magic is often called hex powers. Yeah. Hexing. And she's a witch because she's a witch. It's a hex power. So hexagons like that makes that makes it a pretty, it's pretty easy for that to just be like, that's the reason, that's the thing. But also, mm-hmm. it kind of just like adds another possible theory to the board. Like, th- we gotta have the, we gotta have the pool, man. We gotta yeah. get the Deadpool going. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll work on that. We'll get a Deadpool going for theories. I like it. We could put it on onlycarrots.com. <laughs> <laughs> just maintain the list there. <laughs> I I don't know how to feel about onlycarrots.com. I love it. It was it was an interesting night. It was a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. It was a Christmas miracle is what it was. Yeah, that was the way. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie Brunk says, hello, Matt and Jeff. I'm a longtime listener, but this is my first time writing in. Oh, a long time first time. Welcome. Ooh, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I have to say, this week's WandaVision podcast was perhaps my most anticipated podcast for the MCU. Between the Marvel content drought and all the potential Easter eggs in this show, I was clamoring for your analysis, and I was so pleased to see it on my feed on Friday. I appreciated your in-depth analysis and predictions. I saw and have come across a few other details that weren't mentioned in your first podcast that I thought I'd throw out. Well, first off, let me thank you, Rosie, for appreciating that we got it out on Friday because we got up at 5.30 in the morning to make that happen. So... (laughs) May not be that early for some people, but... (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I've already been up for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been at work. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley's like, I'm doing work. And we're like, we're working too. I never sleep. <laughs> working through this episode. I know. I was so jealous. I was. I wanted to follow along so bad, but I couldn't because I didn't see the episode. Mm-hmm. But so I just had it on so I could, you know, it was a view to support, and I just had my phone upside down, like, oh, get muted and upside down. Did I don't want to. Don't look at it. Don't look at don't it. Don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I dare not take it. That's funny. All right. Rosie says the wine bottle in the first episode is labeled Maison du Mepli. Maison is French for house, so the wine bottle said House of M. Just a fun tidbit. Rosie, we talked about that leading up to it. Yeah, we did. In the trailer discussion. Like, come on. But we haven't mentioned a detail like that. We hadn't mentioned it lately, so I left it in her her, her email here. (laughs) I just like saying it. Maison Mont du Prix, Maison Mont du Serre. I don't. I don't try such risky maneuvers with my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, nope, not gonna try it. <laughs> okay. It's not so hard. 
<laughs> Listen, I'm an Alabama man. I don't know all that French. I don't know all that French. I don't know you. Jean de Barbar, both go to français. All right, stop it. Stop it. You're both. Right, you're, right, you're, right, you're, right. Both right. you're both. Stop it. You're both ridiculous. You're embarrassing yourselves. Anyway. <laughs> You both mentioned the toaster in the first episode's commercial sounding like Tony Stark's repulsors. I actually thought it sounded more like a ticking bomb, representing perhaps the Stark Industries bomb that landed in Wanda and Pietra's house when they were children. This would also make sense relating to the second commercial about Strucker and how he'll make time for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is a weird, creepy line that got mentioned or that got said. Yeah. Make time for you. <laughs> That He'll burnt toast line was you. my favorite line of the whole first episode. Me and Ken were just cracking up. Oh, Are you I've tired of this. your husband burning your own toast or whatever? I was like, yes. Are you tired or is your husband tired of you burning, burning his toast? toast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. I've got to mention this. Uh, someone wrote in just about a couple hours, uh, like an hour before we started. They commented on one of our videos, a image of... The, some sort of goat devil creature from, from Baphomet. It was Baphomet. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, in all of the images of Baphomet, like I guess the statues and stuff, he has this yeah. two fingered salute thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in both of the ads, uh, the people presenting the product hold up that symbol in different forms. They're holding yeah. up the two fingered salute of Baphomet. It's definitely Mephisto. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that gives her the, you know, pieces to make the children. That's not a creepy way to say that. that is I creepy. didn't, I was, yeah, <laughs> it's not all of them. It's just pieces. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like any of this. I don't like any of this. Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt. it's about to get so dark and everybody better buckle up. It might be PG-13, but... If we're going where I think we're going. Okay, so there's no way the show is going to please all of the little old ladies who joined in because this felt like I Love Lucy and Ashley. I feel like there's just no way this show is going to please both of those audiences. Matt, it's little pieces of me. (laughs) That's the the name of a band I was in many, many years ago. Little Pieces of Me is the, the name of the band. I think I still have that shirt somewhere. Yeah. We mentioned it on the podcast a while back, and some mm-hmm. one, of our, one of our sleuth uh, people found, found us <laughs> online, even though I didn't know we were still online anywhere. They found, our, uh, they found someone else who had uploaded our tracks or something. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So, Little Pieces of Mephisto, right? Yeah, Little Pieces of Mephisto. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Uh, Rosie continues, this one I found through another source, but they mentioned the potential of the neighborhood women's gathering uh, in the second episode, perhaps representing the Salem Seven, Mm -hmm. a group of witches in the comics related to Agatha Harkness. Uh, I know you were discussing the potential of Dottie and Agnes working together. Do you think that all the neighborhood women, with the exception of Monica Rambeau, could be in on the illusion? Hmm. Thanks for consistently providing uplifting, marvelous content, even during tough times. Hmm. I'm still mm. like, I think this is neat. I like the, the idea of the Salem seven, but I'm still on the fence about it being Mephisto and all this dark stuff at all. Like, I think 
It absolutely seems that way. It absolutely seems that way. But again, it could be another red herring, just like this AIM stuff, where you have, it's pulling us in this direction of Mephisto, and then it could just be that like all of the people at that, par- at that party are sword agents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone in the town might be a sword agent. We all think that they're, um, you know, they're, they're like, uh, victims that ended up here, but maybe they're all there because they're trying to they're trying to get in and maintain their sanity long enough to stop Wanda from what she's doing. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. All this sort of like dark magic stuff might just be like completely a red herring, and it might all just be that she's in a you know some some scroll facility working with sword. You know, yeah, it's always scrolls. Mm-hmm. Always scrolls. Always scrolls. Always scrolls. <laughs> it's always scrolls. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I subscribe to that though. Like I, I think that they're they're leaning into the weird. You know, like I agree. Marvel is absolutely okay with the weird at this point because mm. you know we're on board. Like we we got the hype train rolling, and Marvel's just like there's nothing that we can do to make these guys go away. And, <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> like we're in, we're in for the long haul. I'm not saying they're not in for the weird, but they're also talking more multiversal than they are mystical at this point. Yeah, he's a master of the mystic arts. I think that they're making both of those the same thing, though. Right. Like, sure. It's just one way of saying, you know, like kind of like how you know Thor is a god, but he's an alien. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The dark dimension has all kinds of stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. To put it, does. it blatantly and simply. Yes, it does. Because <laughs> I was reading some stuff that people think that um, Dottie might be Clea, the princess of the d- uh, Dark Dimension. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And Doctor Strange is on and off uh, Dark, you know, Dark Dimension booty call. Yeah. <laughs> Clea is very <laughs> much uh, an off and on relationship with DS. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if we're going to get some more of these feedbacks, we're going to have to like start going through these, these okay, feedbacks. Okay, we've got to crank through it. Sorry, we still have several pages. We still though. have like 16 pages of feedback, so I, I, would, I want us to explore all the theories, but let's try to stick to what's on the screen maybe a little bit or whatever. Okay. Uh, God, keep moving stick through. to the hard. Stick to the copy. We cannot talk about every Marvel Comics character. Yes, we okay. can, if, if There's not a strong connection. Let's try to like focus in so we make it through this. <laughs> Uh, okay. Fair. Marshall Naylor says, quick email just pointing out that with Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Civil War, and WandaVision, Paul Bettany has now been there for each start of an MCU phase. Also, the commercials are either representing Wanda's traumas or that Tony made Jarvis slash Vision and Strucker made Wanda. Uh, and yeah, we've talked a lot about the commercials. You have five seconds to respond. <laughs> but... And shut up. I'm just trying to keep us moving <laughs> so we can get some more feedback. I'm, done, I'm just saying just so we don't have to shut it down and miss like 15 people's feedback. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I love this, that Paul Bettany has been there for every beginning of the phase. That's just kind of cool. That's just cool trivia. That's just I, cool trivia. Is there anyone else who's been in all of those things? Not yet. No. All of the phases? I mean, all the phases, yes. We have uh, Happy. Rhodey? Well, Happy hasn't been in this phase yet. No, exactly. So this this mm. is be the one phase where we haven't even seen Happy yet. Uh, let's see. Haley Hobbs says, People, keep an open mind about hashtag WandaVision. It is laying the groundwork for everything coming up in the MCU. I loved it at MCU Cast. I think we are clearly on the same side as Haley here. Um, 
it's just it is getting a lot of hate a lot more than i realized because we all watched it together and we all were having a great time with it and got all this feedback about it and all these theories but i'm i am like slowly starting to drip into my world that there's like a pretty negative feelings in the general populace because they're like what is going on this isn't the mcu what are these characters why am i watching a lucy show right yeah (laughs) i just don't think they someone else had some feedback and it may still be in here i'm not sure uh that it's weird it it is it is very deliberate they think that this was planned to be the second tv show because uh falcon winter soldier would have been a much more traditional mcu show yeah um whereas this one's so out there they might have wanted to anchor it before they did this but this is how it ended up because of covid so you know i hope this doesn't turn too many people off of following along with the storylines you know, honestly, the the weird direction that they're going here makes me more interested. Me too. Because, um, like, it just shows that they can do any, like, they've got the chops to do any sort of genre that they that they want to. Um, they're not stuck in, you know, this MCU pigeonhole, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's 100% the case, that this is just another thing they can do well, and another... Like they're creating a genre too. Like this is just a completely different kind of show. I mean, it is it is a sitcom, but it's not a sitcom at all. You know, right? It's weird it's a sitcom with a with a dark skeleton in the closet. Yeah, the dark, and perhaps a grim reaper grim, under the floor. Grim reaper under the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh uh, wait, four says uh, tweeted at, at MCU cast while we're over analyzing Wandavision character names <laughs> dot, 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 and put a picture. Holy shit. Holy shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> Herbert Edgar Wyndham is the high evolutionary's real name in comics. So he's pointing out that Herbert, uh, the African American gentleman from the uh, party or the um, talent show. The neighborhood watch. Oh, and the neighborhood the watch, watch. Uh, is named Herbert. <laughs> and the high evolutionary, that's the guy who made Rocket. I believe so. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Ooh, maybe this will tie into like Guardians three. Oh. Yeah, and Guardians of the three. I don't think this is real a real connection. But no, yeah. it has to be. No, no, it has to be. Okay, because... go for it. Run, run, <laughs> run with it. I give you five seconds. One minute to on the clock. One minute on the clock. So yep. sword, right? Space, space division, right? Which is where Rocket primarily does all of his stuff. The High Evolutionary made Rocket, so the High Evolutionary is likely going to be involved in this. This obviously puts Wanda in space in a scroll machine affecting her mind and that's that's what's creating this reality and that's why we're leading into secret wars very soon not secret wars secret invasion very let me, soon let me just uh, explain to you how tenuous the connection you just tried to make you said you said <laughs> this, is, this is he does his stuff in space and this guy is also yep. in space yes like, oh yeah and that made is, rocket also in space no, all of this is very tenuously drawn across his name this guy's name herbert like oh yeah one of the <laughs> there can't be two herberts it's just not there possible. cannot be two herberts ever in any universe well uh, there can be only one <laughs> herbert is highlander herbert is highlander and they both start with h oh my gosh oh my god illuminati confirmed man it's basically confirmed because i comes after h 
<laughs> oh my gosh! Hi, Highlander evolutionary. High, Why didn't we? Get, it's the Highlander oh evolutionary. Oh. <laughs> and X Men are evolved humans, right? So X Men are confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we did it. What is Andrew? We got it. What does Andrew have to say? <laughs> Please save us from ourselves, Andrew. Uh, this is. <laughs> I just looked at Twitch chat. <laughs> and Jessica Mai says you can't have too many Herberts. <laughs> <laughs> so Baron Mordo is the villain. Clearly Baron Mur- Mordo is the villain chasing down all the Herberts. Oh God. You got to Baron Mordo, uh, which is when you were joking, but there is some speculation that, you know, this is leading into uh, Doctor Strange 3 or Doctor Strange 2. Multiverse. Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, yeah. And that could have Baron Mordo in it. And this is possibly about a group of wizards or witches doing their thing. So, like, it. Could it be that like this is the Baron Mordo could be behind this or could get involved in the storyline at some point? Like he comes to take down Wanda because she's a powerful sorceress at this point. Could be using dark magic, dark magic all over the place. And then I could absolutely see oh, Baron Mordo. maybe like the twins were made. If they go the Mephisto way, the twins were kind of created with dark magic. Ooh. And Baron Mordo needs oh. to kill the twins. And, <gasps> and then multiverse of madness or mom is them running through the galaxy or running through the multiverse, trying to outrun Baron Mordo as he tries to kill these like two, uh, cre- creations of dark magic that she the mother, the mom, wants to protect, and Doctor Strange is trying to help her in this moment of crisis. That's Do not a bad Doctor theory Do you think Doctor Strange is going to show up at the end of the show? I hope so. I've been Maybe they'll have that. to like tap him to stop, help stop this, or. It I think he might have that. to. Yeah. I don't think he has to, but I do think it he is very possible. <laughs> yeah. Andrew says, I have solved WandaVision after two episodes. <laughs> We just did too. <laughs> yeah, we've solved it. We've solved it at least six times today. Yep. This is okay. So I'll try to be brief. Wanda is in a sword facility trying to revive or bring back Vision outside of a small town. Dottie is the person running this facility. You know, she's the key to the whole town, and she is skeptical of what they're doing. Vision's boss, maybe his wife, are the scientists trying to revive Vision or separate Ultron's consciousness from Vision, which is what they're doing at Vision's workplace. Production has gone up 300% since Vision arrived. Monica Rambeau is working at the facility as an agent. Mephisto, being released or unchained after the Infinity Stones were destroyed, takes advantage of Wanda slash Sword's work on Vision. Wanda may be using her reality-bending powers to recreate the Mind Stone. He implants Agnes into her small reality to trick her into expanding the reality. Wanda, are you there? Who's doing this to you? Convincing her she should have children. Remember, it's all for the children. For the children. The bumps in the night are Sword trying to get into the bubble, which now encompasses the small town and the Sword facility. I think that bumps in the night is a really good point. Like every time the bumps in the night happen, we got a new character or a new thing entering the story that seems like it's a, a a sword agent or whatever. And a lot of this is uh, in line with what the stuff we're talking about, but yeah, I like it, Andrew. I like it. Mm -hmm. 
I like the idea of, you know, the, the computational services, because that's what was on the wall behind the door yeah. in Vision's workplace. I like the idea of the computational services being like a, a way to repair Vision. You know, yeah. they're not buying or selling anything. They're not, um, they're not producing anything. You know, they're, they're <laughs> it's a really good point. It's like, what are they doing there? And, and Vision's doing all this computations. It might be Vision like working himself out or untying himself from, uh, you know, from these other elements that he was created from. It's another thing we talked about last week, how the uh, Marvel Legends that we watched yep. focused on certain things. And they gave a lot of focus to the fact that Vision is a complicated being created from multiple multiple overlays they use that line from uh um infinity war yeah. where, where shuri is trying to separate him and i could to- definitely see this whole thing being more chances for them to try to do that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i mean that's that's something that happened in comics like when when vision was destroyed and brought back um when his his programming was kind of reset he no longer had the like the brain pattern of uh, of Simon Williams Wonder Man to be based on, and that's when he was stark white, and like the the Vision uh, costume was just stark white, and he no longer had empathy. He was very you know straightforward and to the point, and you know the robotic sounds like you turned into dr manhattan a little bit yeah kind of um and at at one point when he was when he was like that the the kids were talking to him like daddy why are you white now and he's like i am not your father your mother is not my wife Mm. i am not the vision that you knew Mm. i have a different vision you know i have i have his memories but my brain is different you know all that jazz yeah just totally disconnected from his people yeah, disconnected from his his former self. Yeah, yeah, that messed her up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, especially with him saying that, like, oh, mm-hmm. she's weeping in front of him, like you used to be kind. Mm. Uh. New phone, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> New vision, <laughs> who dis? Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, their story is so damn tragic. It's anyway. so sad. Uh, Charles M. Kelly says, Hey guys, just watched WandaVision for like the eighth time. The calendar with the heart comes from a magazine titled Foster Homes and Gardens. It's in the small text below the calendar. Which foster do we know who is also involved in the science of space? Jane Foster. Makes Ooh. sense since Kat is returning for WandaVision. What if she's S.W.O.R.D.'s lead scientist? Would make sense due to her absence in Ragnarok. Love you, 300, Charles. Hmm. Hmm. But that tracks, you know, that that goes to foster uh, our theory about space and and scrolls and and everything there. Okay, stop connecting things just using space. Matt, space. Maybe Darcy's the one monitoring because I'm trying to figure out how they're going to bring her in there, but maybe she's the like the one we see in the beginning. I want to go see if she had like funky rings on like I wear cuz I wonder if that would be like Darcy. It could be Darcy. Where is she? Right. Who is this that. hand model? Where is everyone else? I really can't wait to see what's going on in the outside world. And I really hope this mm-hmm. third episode brings that in. Like I, I know they're telling their own story and I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm going to be patient, but I really want to know 
some context to what's going on. I want to know. Do you really love me? <laughs> Maybe Darcy's the anchor reporting back to Jane on what's going on, right? Sure. She's got a, a little radio there, but it's an interstellar radio because Jane's somewhere else doing space Oh, yeah, that's a things. very thin female hand. Yes. <laughs> this is Kimmy Darcy. <laughs> Ashley's looking at pictures of the hands like, I will track down whose hands these are. <laughs> no rings. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, no identifying marks. Mm-mm. No tattoos. What is this about? It looks like she's holding a harbulary battery. which are space bound (laughs) it's all in space space (laughs) but so is the earth jeff that's the point like exactly matt exactly (laughs) you're being very earth-centric when you separate the universe into (laughs) earth and space yes i'm being so earth-centric jeff i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you need to start thinking heliocentric the sun is the center of the universe that's Come a made on. up word okay all words are made up <laughs> which happened that line was said in space okay Boom. okay, okay. <laughs> like yeah trent morris says trent morris says okay hear me out he gets it trent gets it I have a super rogue, maybe possible theory I want to run by you guys. I just watched episodes one and two, and I'm thinking that in the five years between snaps, Sword was formed. When Hulk snapped everyone back and after endgame events, Wanda was either taken into custody by Sword or she went willingly. Wanda is held in some kind of compound where she's haunted by everything that has happened, and she creates the WandaVision reality of Westview. All the people within the pocket reality are agents and employees at the compound. They are mere pawns in Wanda's game. Uh, Agent Wu and others of S.W.O.R.D. are on the outside. Maybe they weren't in the compound when it began. Somehow Wu and the others have found ways to communicate and enter Wanda's reality, and that's where we are now. Also, I think from the trailers we've seen where it looks like Monica Rambeau is among the agents outside, but she's also a character in WandaVision. So I believe, and tying into Secret Invasion, the Monica we see outside is really the daughter of the Skrull from Captain Marvel. His name escapes me. Talos. Also, she has been Maria Hill this whole time. Okay, I just had to get this off of mine. It's been driving me crazy. Can't wait to hear what you think. Love you 30,000. Thanks, buddy. That's a lot of love. We love you 30,000 too. Too much love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm not even fully understanding what he means here. So Monica Rambeau is one of the versions of Monica Rambeau is also is a scroll. See, I think what he's missing here is that in the trailer, she gets thrown out of the simulation, it appears. And I think that's a key to Monica Rambeau being in both places. I don't think that she's, I don't think there are two Monica Rambeaus. I think that she gets, at some point, she leaves this simulation, probably by force of Wanda. At least that's what we've speculated in the past. I think, I think it's pretty solid based on the trailers, but you never know with these trailers, they do all kinds of crazy stuff. No, I'm 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 still on the she's the pilot of the helicopter that, that yeah. showed up. That that might be how she got in, which makes a lot of sense. And then mm-hmm. how does she get out? Except probably one she was throwing out. her out of through the wall. Force push. Force push. A very forceful force push. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that part of this theory falls apart, but 
At least it seems to. But uh, some of this other stuff, you know, who knows? I need to get a, a whiteboard in here to put behind me so that we can keep the um, the theory crafting Deadpool on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll so be like, too. you want me to put it on the board? I'll put it on the board. We really do need to like uh, map out all these theories on the board. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here, and which ones completely conflict and which ones go well together? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody is saying that she's at a sword facility, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. Just because if you like, uh, I saw a theory about the intro, um, the intro on episode one, when she points at the, the real estate sign and she puts the sold sticker on it, the area code that's on that sign is an area code in New Jersey and Ooh. Westview is in New Jersey. Like it's an actual town in New Jersey. In the comics, they moved to New Jersey. They did. And, um, the, uh, in episode two, when the, uh, the neighborhood watch were talking, um, they were talking about the guy with his bowling trophies. And they said that the guy got them from a yard sale in Hackensack, which is in New Jersey. Jersey. So yeah, pretty, I'm I'm thinking that they might be in Jersey. They might actually be in a town in Jersey. Jersey mm-hmm. is also where uh, I believe that uh, facility is that Captain America was trained, right? Isn't that a new Jersey? I thought they High? just made that the whole new Avengers um, base was that place in Jersey. Oh, that's upstate New York, right? That was in upstate New York. Okay. But um, yeah, Captain America's it, thing was in Jersey. Camp High, yeah. So if that's the case, then... I could see a sword facility being uh, that being used for a sword facility in the future, you know? Mm. Yeah. Camp mm-hmm. Lives, United States army facility in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 So that, that it, it's possible. It got blown up pretty bad. Did they it have some fixing up to do in winter soldier when him and Ka- oh, uh, Cap yeah. and Nat went back. I can still yeah. see that like being, I mean, that makes sense that they need to rebuild, but like, it being where they rebuild because they the government already owns that land and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they build a new sword facility on top of the what once was an SSR facility. Yeah, and that was established in Wheaton, New Jersey. Man, I'm I've got some threads to put on my <laughs> on my theory pin, my yeah. web. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm still leaning towards that she did it. I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna get to this feedback. Uh, someone was very kind. And they sent in a feedback that was like literally two pages on bees. Um, uh, Randy Kim, and, and I really appreciate it. And I, I basically I organize these by length and we might get to it. We might not uh, because we're already at almost two hours in. But do you want to talk about the bees right now? We can do that. I, I want to read this this whole email because this like I was going through it as you were talking about it. And it's. It's got some real good theory crafting material in here. Okay, we'll, we'll go ahead. Uh, Randy Kim says, "WandaVision and what I know about bees." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is three pages—a three-page thing. So uh, let's go for it. We're gonna break it up a lot. The Latin name for honeybees is Apis mellifera, or mellifera. The MCU name for honeybees is Agnes Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, guys, didn't see you there. I was Icarus094, he, him, in the chat on Twitch on Friday. I'll try to keep this short. 
I used to edit beekeeping books. <laughs> While I learned some things, I don't have any new connections or theories for WandaVision. I'll tell you what I do know, which is probably mostly accurate. Number one, honey. The mind zone is the color of honey. Bees like eating honey, but so do predators who break into the hives and take what they want. A beekeeper can build a barrier to stop the predators, but their main job is to make sure bees are making enough honey for the bees to survive. Some beekeepers use the excess honey for their own reasons, like money or food. Maybe whoever's behind this wants the, hun the honey-colored stone. Or as we've, su we've suggested, the kits. If the children, she's creating sweet, sweet honey, creating yeah. this reality, the sweet, sweet honey she might create is the reality that her kids exist, which she for is the doing children. for the children, for the children, for the children. <laughs> uh, number two, Westview bees build their homes with the entrance facing the rising sun. The town is named after the direction of the sunset. Spooky. Number three, hexagons. Bees can build their home anywhere there's a hole. So they'll go inside a place, seal up the walls, and build a comb inside. The hexagon shape they build is supposed to be the most efficient use of space relative to sturdiness. This is important because they use the comb to store things like eggs and babies or food like honey. That's what honeycomb is. Fun fact, eggs are sealed in their hexagons called cells until they're done developing. When adult bees emerge from their cell, they have to tear their way out, usually with their sharp teeth. Also, cell equals prison cell, am I right? Each episode ends with the prison imagery getting smaller. Mm. Also, hex. Didn't comics Wanda have hex magic? And then yep. he goes into the roles of I bees. I love how uh, Randy here said, I don't have any theories. And then like almost everything he mentions, like he's like, it connects this way. And like he totally has theories. Yeah. Yeah. This is absolutely theories. All good stuff. It's all good stuff. Uh, then he gets into the role of bees. Drones. The boys. They only have two roles. Hook up with the queen and eat enough food until they have enough energy to hook up with the queen. <laughs> when mating season is over, worker bees will prevent drones from coming back inside the hive in an effort to preserve food to last the winter. Fun fact, bees hook up in the air miles away from their home. Wanda and Vision can fly. A queen hooks up with several drones and stores the semen to later fertilize eggs in the hive. When mating is done, the queen's lady parts rip out the drone's boy parts, usually killing the drone. Gross. Yeah. Uh, workers, the girls, they do everything. They're the ones who build the comb, feed the babies, and take care of the queen, like how Agnes brings Wanda food to cook in the first episode. I, I, think, fact, is, I think it's interesting, the, too, the, the dichotomy of the drones versus the workers here. Um, because of the 1950s nature of this, at some point they mention, like, uh, oh, the women are just going to be over there um, gossiping, but it's really the men who are just, like, in the, you know... Uh, Sitting in the library eating Danish and gossiping. Eating Danish and gossiping. And that's funny, but it also shows that the men of this little town are basically not really doing much. And it seems like Agnes, Dottie, Wanda, uh, Geraldine, or Monica, they're all, they all seem like they're active participants in what's going on. Whereas most of the men's, even Vision, are sort of like they're drones. So I, I thought that was very interesting, This uh, the roles of... Uh, gender in bees or sex in bees. 
continuing about the workers, he says, fun fact, workers who have scouted for pollen will come back to the hive and dance to tell the other bees the direction of a good source. Out in the field, the bees store pollen in their pollen baskets, which could be like Agnes's purse. I don't know. Hmm. And then queen, mate, reproduce, repeat. That's what she does. Sometimes she fights to the death with another queen in the hive, which happens usually accidentally. The queen also tells the workers what to do and controls the hive via pheromones. I would be interested to see hints in the future to uh, perfume or smells to figure out who our queen actually is. My bet is currently Wanda, and I think she knows what she's doing. She may not know to what extent, but neither do we yet. I guess the only other maybe relevant thing is that bees don't usually crowd around a beekeeper like they did to that sewer guy unless the beekeeper is messing with them. Uh, like opening their hive to feed them or take their honey. One of the only reasons that bees would do that in nature is when they swarm, which is when they break away from their hive and look for a new place to build a home. Is that something? Bee knowledge may play a factor in understanding what's going on, but I don't have enough information yet. Also, bees can't see the color red. Anyway, thanks for the podcast and streams. Wow. I like that. I feel like I need to read Muzzy Nat's comment now just because I've been holding off and so many things you guys have said have made like, it's just so direct to this. So he goes, I think Monica is definitely in the chopper or I think Monica is definitely the chopper pilot. And in some vein, I wonder if the beekeeper is trying to rescue her and the bees in the sewer aren't from him, but from Wanda. Yeah. Hmm. Because they're, they're swarming onto this attacker, right? Or this, this instigator. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's inside. He's in a protective suit, but still is not protected from Wanda uh, rewinding him, apparently, or whatever she does with him. Because what happens to him when he's rewinded? A lot of good stuff in there, Randy. And there's so many interesting tidbits about bees. <laughs> I love it. And let me just say, I love that in our community, uh, we we recently did a, a thing on uh, Lovecraft Country, and someone wrote in with like Jeffrey James wrote in with this very specific knowledge about Lovecraft Country, and I love this that like Randy wrote in with this very specific knowledge about bees. I just love it. <laughs> it's interesting though that the beekeeper is is who showed up right before Wanda rewound everything. They did the whole is this is this really happening, and then color came into the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he says that bees can't see the color red, right? But right. it was only after the beekeeper showed up and she rewound that color happened in the world. Mm. Right. Yeah, True. I don't know. Like, there's something there. There's hmm. there's some sort of reason for that specific chain of events that way. Yeah, I don't have enough to, to build that connection, but... <laughs> maybe they're, like, leaving the bee theme behind, or maybe they're no longer bees, or I don't know. Something. Yeah, there, there could be something you've said there. The worker bees are evolving. <laughs> but it's got to have something to do with space. I just don't know what. <laughs> okay, what's Marshall Naylor got to say? Space bees. Space bees. This whole thing bees is leading to... Bees in space. Space bees. <laughs> Not the bees <laughs> for the queen. Actually, while, while we're uh, we, we've had we haven't really done any live chat questions. Do you have any other live chat things that uh, have been written in or anything? Ashley, do. yeah, throw some at us because okay. I know we're trying to get through this large portion, but I don't want to completely ignore the live chat. Right, uh, Simiot four two one has three. I'll do real quickly. He goes, or she goes, what if she is using the powers of all the Infinity Stones because f- so far she's used time controlling and reality bending? Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Very true. And mind control, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because she's been controlling these people and getting them to do what she wants. Well, also in Age of Ultron, she affected Tony's mind and Thor's mind and yeah. Yeah. Banner's mind. With the Sokovian hello. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> is that my host behind me? It is. <laughs> Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Somebody mentioned that actually, and in, in th- I think it was the new Rockstars guys, um, that when Agnes comes into her home for the first time and does the does a symbol with her hand, she actually does a very similar symbol to what Wanda uses. She's like waving hello, but she uses almost the same symbol Wanda uses in the movies when she's oh. affecting her powers. And so it was like they were theorizing that she's actually putting some sort of hex on the house or 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 on Wanda. I love it. You know, Agatha Harkness in comics gave them a plant like as a wedding gift and Agnes whenever she first showed up gave them a welcome to the neighborhood gift that was a plant yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, it was called the Everbloom apparently in interviews they've they've mentioned that that plant's going to be in every episode correct you brought that Ashley definitely going to keep an eye for that so if that's the case then like the and you're calling it the Everbloom it was the Wondagore Everbloom Maybe it's one of the few things that can persist past uh, the reality magics that uh, Wanda is exerting on this place. Yeah. But what is it for? What is it for? Tell me! (laughs) Tell me! Um, (laughs) Next is, what if the guy in the ads is Mephisto? Did notice it was the same two people in the ads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I like the theory of what if it's their... Uh, Wanda's parents. Parents. Ooh, mm, that would mean ooh. it was definitely leaning more towards her tragedies. Yeah, for sure. That's ooh, that's dark. Yep. <laughs> that is so dark. I like it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> there you go. Okay, and then this last one. Um, how do you guys think it'll tie into Spider-Man Three? If it does, I guess. Hmm. I mean, I think the main reason it might tie in is it's in, it may introduce the concept of the multiverse with all this reality bending. She may she may cause a rift in the multiverse and bring forth Mephisto or whatnot, uh, and that might uh, introduce the multiverse in a bigger way than we've seen in the past. I mean, we've already seen it a little bit in Doctor Strange, um, and if that's the case, and all these. Uh, Spider-Man three rumors have any truth to them. It might allow for us to have like a, a concept for what the multiverse is before we go traipsing around in it with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So what if, um, here's, here's another one for the board, right? <laughs> <laughs> what if this is just a way to incubate Mephisto, like, or to allow Mephisto to come into our, our dimension, our world. And, that leads into Spider-Man 3 being kind of a one more day storyline. Oh, I hope it's the one more day storyline. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Absolutely. That's the last thing we saw from Spider-Man uh, Far From Home is that his identity was outed in the world. Yeah. Right? And what if Mephisto says, "I can"? I, you have to give up being an Avenger. You have to give up everybody knowing who you are. You have to give up MJ. In order to to go back to being a hero and and being allowed to do this, and then we get the one more day storyline. What if it's Doctor Strange that kind of like takes him on a tour through, like look at all of these different versions of yourself, like every 
every Peter Parker has tragedy in their yeah. life. Every P- Peter Parker has to give up something. Like maybe, maybe it's worth you doing this. Maybe, maybe taking this deal is worth it because you are so important to the to the universe. Yeah. Oof. Oh my God, man! Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Okay, it's on the board. <laughs> it's on the board that doesn't exist. It's on the mental board. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You got anything else, Ash? Before we move I on do. to. I do. I have two more. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Lay Waters. I think that might be Lauren Waters. Lauren is much easier. <laughs> the time that the Strucker watches stuck on two minutes, 43 seconds, could be an, a reference to Avengers 243, which is an issue focusing on WandaVision and Monica Rambo. Mm hmm. Okay. Cute. That is cute. And then one more. And dig it. Uh, do, 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 do. Monica Rambo also featured heavily in uh, in two thirty eight, the one that I was talking about earlier, where Vision was being repaired. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Their house number was something too, and I can't remember. Maybe it was just six one six. Twenty eight hundred. Yes, twenty eight hundred. They were saying that that might be the uh, oh, in the comics universe number. Yeah, in comics it's six. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Tom King one, um, he was at. 616 uh, Hickory Branch Lane in the Cherrydale oh. neighborhood. So I see why that now connects that those are possibly the universe numbers because if that is the, if it's 616 in the comics, it's 20 under here. That's cool. That makes more sense now. I was like, why would that confirm the number? And I get it. <laughs> that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Georgia Cross, last one says. So I also noticed that in both episodes thus far, there has essentially been one more one or more hostile character that ends up coming to harm, Hart and Dottie. This might not mean anything, but it's interesting to note. Mm. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, it's kind of this like there seems to be these themes and very similar plot lines to both these episodes that like either are her on a loop experiencing something similar in different decades and time periods and settings, or it's different attempts at something that, and she's thwarting it and we're just not sure yet what's going on. I love it. I love it too. Before we dive into more uh, feedback, we're going to hit a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this ad. We have no control over. We were saying this is going to be a long one. There's a lot of, a lot of feedback, but like all of this is such good, theory crafting material yeah yeah i'm absolutely in love with what's going on right now me too there's so much to there's so much to speculate about and like i don't think we have ever appreciated the depth and breadth of the comics as much as we are in this particular speculation because we've never had this this feels this show feels more like a lost where there's a lot of speculation going on because there's like nothing being told to us. Yes, it's the mystery box idea, which generally I hate <laughs> because <laughs> the people who have employed it, like the Lost Riders and and like other J.J. Uh, Abrams, particularly, I think like he, <laughs> I was like, what was his name? Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, he tends to do the mystery box in a way that's like they have all these mysteries, but there's not any actual answer like he never he never yeah, planned the, the to issue answer with it. jj the issue with jj is that when he presents a, a question he doesn't already know the answer yeah and good writers know the answer to the question they're presenting i think that's i think that's generally true and in this case i don't think that, that they don't know where they're going I mean, you know exactly where they're going and i am very <laughs> much along for the ride so in this case i am really loving the mystery box yeah 
And I mean, the Marvel writers have uh, have some good stuff under their belt. They've earned some where, credibility. You know, they they've earned our trust. Yeah, JJ has not. They've never left me hanging, not knowing. Yeah, and not connecting all the dots. They've always connected the dots. So I'm I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, Marshall Naylor says, "Hey, Matt and Jeff, Tim. No, that's not going anywhere." <laughs> I haven't written it in a while, but I will for WandaVision, providing you guys do a feedback episode. Okay. One, I only watched the three main trailers in one TV spot. That's it. I haven't even listened to your show in about a month, just in case. Two, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the first Marvel show, not this. F you, Marvel. I do want to comment on that real quick. They're, they're saying in all the advertising material, this is the first Marvel Studios produced TV show. They're saying it's the first right. Marvel Studios TV show, which is true. Apparently those others were produced by Marvel, but they're produced like Marvel and ABC or Marvel and Netflix. This is actually produced Marvel by Marvel television Studios. Studios. Yeah. Marvel Television was a different division. So when they say this is the first Marvel Studios show, they are technically correct. Yep. <clears throat> which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> three marvel like right after he says f you marvel he's like three marvel thank you so much for this show <laughs> <laughs> nothing surprised me except the stark and strucker references but i was heavily entertained but the best part besides having any content was seeing how my family reacted none of them have read house of m I have, and only my brother is as interested as I am in the MCU. And at one point at the end of the first one, my mom went, I thought S.W.O.R.D. were the good guys. <laughs> I'm also proud to say I caught Stark name on the toaster before the guy announced it. Number four, the second best part was seeing a literal Metal Gear Solid villain come out of a sewer with bees. For some reason, the series also reminded me of or also reminded me of something that happened in Infinity War. Wanda joined Daredevil as heroes dressed in red that lost their vision. <laughs> and before people kill me for that joke, remember, for the children. <laughs> <laughs> Wanda joins Daredevil as heroes dressed in red that lost their vision. <sighs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. <laughs> I love a good pun. Yeah, that was not a good pun. Oh no, that was a real oh. good pun. It was I a great it. pun. It was a great pun. I dug it. Everybody gets Marshall. a trophy. <laughs> that, that was me. Uh, <laughs> here goes Ashley handing out no. participation trophies. <laughs> participation trophies and orange slices. <laughs> I have a whole booth. Does anybody have any orange slices? See, see, and then multiverse and quantum mania. <laughs> so I'm trying to connect every joke. Quantum, quantum mania. Evan says, "Hey guys, big fan of the podcast. I'm just as excited to have new content. I had a few thoughts on Wandavision. Listening to the most recent podcast. Number one. I love this one. The husband, Ralph." Some origins of the name Ralph have it meaning wolf, like wolf in sheep's clothing, a.k.a. eventual Mephisto. Yeah, I love this because I kept saying, what does Ralph mean? Why is it Ralph? What is what is this thing with Ralph? Yeah, she keeps referencing Ralph. Ralph means wolf in some origins, and that seems very likely to connect. And I love it. 
Number two, you all mentioned it. Agnes steps in to keep her focused on the new reality, helicopter, anniversary, etc. I think Agnes is responsible for keeping the reality going because it is creating a gateway to another universe that would then allow Mephisto to enter into this world. I like it. Therefore, Wanda is the villain for a majority of the season until it is discovered that Agnes was acting sort of as a devil on her shoulder. But it's too late and the multiverse is opened. Boom. Mephisto enters and the multiverse of madness starts. Mm. Yes. That's pretty much what I think as well. I'd be very happy if that's what they do. Put that on the board. On the board. That goes on the board. And it's so good. put a little star next to it and write my name. Yeah. That's all my Ashley. <laughs> and a, a small J because I like that theory a lot. But I don't know that that's my main one. I just really like that would be so easy to to drop one more day in and like that would shatter my heart into a million pieces if they did that yeah. despite yeah. it. I, I, have you guys seen the new Spider-Man 3 set picks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's some new Spider-Man 3 set picks where uh I guess spoiler alert if you don't know about set know about set picks. I don't, I don't think it's very spoilery, but it's uh Spider-Man walking down the street in the snow and he looks over to CMJ in a shop where she's working. And that, oh no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks to me like the, that that classic scene where you check in on someone you're not allowed to see anymore and make sure they're oh. happy. And she doesn't know who he is. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Oh, I have no that, idea the context. Yeah. That could be right before he runs in there and, and says, hi, let's get married. But yeah, and he's holding a piece of paper. Like, he doesn't know where she is. And he was given information on where she is. Yeah. Aww. It, it, like, like an address. It, 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 it does connect pretty well with the one more day theory uh, that oh, he had to man. give up yeah. MJ and his friends so that he could whatever. Matt, I don't like how right I always am. Really good at crying, so I could definitely see them do that with him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he looks a little bit older in that picture, too. Our baby boy! Oh, weird. He's getting so big! I'm not ready! <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, okay, okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> Evan, 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 Evan says, three, Mr. Hart is gone because he's starting to pick up on what's going on, so Agnes slash Dottie removed him. That's probably the one I'm least passionate about, but maybe. Could be nothing. All I know is I'm glad to have things to theorize on, Evan. I, I think that, yeah, I'm really glad to have things to theorize on as well, Evan. I think the idea that Mr. Hart is gone because he's um, figuring something out is really good, and I think it's pretty likely. But I also think that, like, what does that mean for the real world? Like, what is happening to those people when they disappear? Oh, God. You know? It's like Willy Wonka. I don't think he's necessarily (laughs) gone, because, like, you know, we see him in the opening sequence in that cartoony sequence, the bewitched thing. Like, Vision has the water, and he tosses it, and it hits Mr. Hart. Mm Mm-hmm. But we never see him in the episode. Yeah, we don't see him in the episode. And I'm pretty sure we never... see his wife in the in the talent show. So why wouldn't he be there? It's kind of a mm. an interesting absence. She's like, I think that, well, I think his wife's sitting with Agnes or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, no, no, his, his wife's sitting alone. Um, even 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 it's even like, more signature. Mm-hmm. It could be, but then again, like if we look at classic television. If he didn't have a line or a reason to be there, he wouldn't be there. Yeah, but there's tons of people there who aren't who didn't have a line or anything. But they were they were involved in the talent show though. Mm, not all of them. Mm, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, just not the there. people who are just sitting there in the 
thing. The only person who's like husband's always not there is Agnes. Yeah, including yeah. his wife, who I don't think has any lines, right? And so, like, why put his wife there, especially an actor who's a pretty big name actress who you have to pay to be there if if it's not to make it clear that he's not? I think it's pretty mm. notable. We'll have to be. keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. Put it on the board. <laughs> put it, on, put the it board. on the board. My question is, though, what's happening to those people? If, if Wanda is getting so frustrated with people that are getting close that she's making them evaporate from existence like the beekeeper possibly or like the uh or like mr hart like is she destroying them is she like ripping them from reality is she is she thanos snapping them is she just booting them like like we saw with monica in the trailer yeah it's possible mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had just people showing up in this field getting ejected from this one town mm-hmm. oh my god like thor too Maybe just just push them through some kind of weird portal and they come out somewhere else. Like a, oh yeah, like, a, like the shoes and the keys. No, like the the portal, like the brooch. Oh, and that's where we have Darcy because she yeah. doesn't turn that thing. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely, could oh, be something good like one. that. This is good shit, you guys. This is good shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting something right. I know it. One of these twenty five things. Yeah, yeah, totally called it. That's why we need the theory, Deadpool. Um, yeah. we'll work on that that's, this week. Yeah. That's the key, right? Like we have to, we have to throw as much at the wall as possible because we get something right. <laughs> yeah. And in six months, somebody's going to be like, I was listening to your podcast and you got these things right. Yeah. And that's our only goal is to be right every once in a while. That's what experts <laughs> occasionally be correct. That's what experts are. Thank you, Ash. That's what experts do. <laughs> because that's what experts do. <laughs> Two finger point. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Because Disney yeah. and Baphomet, <laughs> Baphomet, Mephisto confirmed like this. Yeah, not that I know anything. <laughs> I I wouldn't imagine that you would know anything about that. Everything about Baphomet. Ashley's Ashley's a dark sorceress, and <laughs> Tuscan Radio says, "Hi, Matt, Ashley, and Tim." <laughs> Aww. I really love the first. Uh, I really love these first two episodes. I've seen some stuff on social media from people who hated it. I think there's a reason this was supposed to be the second Marvel Studios show on Disney Plus. There it after is. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a show that is so much like a Marvel movie, and it would set the tone for Marvel on Disney Plus in the future. There may be people who stop watching the MCU because they don't watch the Disney Plus series because the WandaVision premiere was bad in their opinion. I'm so excited to see where the show goes over the next seven episodes, and I can't wait for all the Stranded Panda coverage for Phase 4 for the children. Wait, wait, wait. For, for the children. The children. Phase for the children. For the children. Oh. <laughs> Phase-tastic for the children. <laughs> this is all setting up Young Avengers. <laughs> yeah. It is. It does seem to be. Because Cassie's going to be in the... And they have an older Cassie coming in, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I'm... That one's actually a theory that I, I like, legit is at my top of the board. Like, they're right. setting up Young Avengers. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I like it. Uh, he also says, P.S. The guy who played Norm, Asif Ali, 
Also played Jesse Fletcher on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, Episode 22, Beginning of the End. And the beekeeper played a Hydra agent in Turn, Turn, Turn. Coincidence? I think not! <laughs> <laughs> That's someone's friend's cousin from the set. The guy who was the beekeeper is actually one of the stunt riggers. Like, he's been uh, very key in a lot of the stunt perf- or the stunt work in several of the Marvel things. Yeah. Like, uh, so all cool. of the Marvel TV shows, a lot of the a lot of the movies. Like he's had a lot of work in in and around Marvel stuff as far as stunt work. Yeah, so I do think, unfortunately, it is a coincidence. Uh I don't think those are necessarily um big clues. But we can we can dream. But we can fun. always dream together. And again, I don't I just especially a one episode thing from Agents of Shield, I don't think they're trying to connect that with a with a with a small actor. It would be cool though. Yeah. It would be really cool. Did he go to space though? Oh, I don't think so. I, but it would be neat if, like, he was just a bit part in Agents of Shield, and then we find out he has the same name here, because that would like mean he just moved to this small town and then got involved mm-hmm. in this situation, and like he, it would it would be a very small, tenuous connection to Agents of Shield that would be kind of fun, even if mm-hmm. they never connect it in a bigger way. Well, he was a Hydra agent, so he had to be outed, right? Hmm. Uh, I'm struggling to connect this to space to the high evolution theory. So. <laughs> no need, no okay. need. Let's move on to Glenn Kessler. This is the final feedback. But it's the wow. final feedback. Um, so I, I think we've we've had uh, we've had a lot of feedback today, and I have been very thankful for everybody writing in. Um, I do think this is probably the biggest week. We probably won't have three hour podcasts every week. Um, <laughs> Actually, you know, it's like two, it's gonna be like two and a half, probably. This isn't too bad. This is like yeah, this is not too bad. This is just like old times. Is all this is? Oh man! <laughs> not only is this like old times, this is a great time. It is a great. I've time. been having a great time theory crafting with you guys. Like being able to come back and do this finally feels so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <sighs> yeah, Glenn Kessler says barf <laughs> excuse me binarily augmented retro framing you got something on my keyboard glenn <laughs> it was gross how did you all go through an hour and a half without mentioning this option i blame lack of sleep <laughs> from tony's mouth in civil war an extremely costly method of hijacking the hippocampus to clear traumatic memories and after disappearing for a few movies it resurfaced in a big way in the last movie marvel released spider-man far from home in fact if mysterio's gang has possession of it there's no telling who's in charge of wanda's care Clues. Number one, the obvious, Wanda is grieving after Vision's death and would benefit from a technology purported to clear traumatic memories. Almost everybody else got their loved ones back, but not her. That's got to sting. Like Mm. a bee. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Did she seek out barf or did someone push her to use it to cope? Mm. Number two. The first commercial was for a Stark product, complete with an Iron Man repulsor ding, so we know it's Tony's Stark era, not Howard's. Also, the purpose of commercials is to sponsor the program. Wink, wink, this program, WandaVision, is being brought to you by a Stark product. And our first red object is its red button. Oh, shit, that's true. Mm-hmm. I forgot that that was, what, that was the, the first color thing. The first piece of red, yeah. I actually didn't oh. notice it on the first viewing. It took me the second. Yeah, I didn't view. notice it. I was like a, I was like a bee. I couldn't see red. Mm. <laughs> Just droning on. 
<laughs> and our first red object is its red button. It was just a red light. Red is thus established as a signal we're breaking through from the fake world to the real world. Number three, Agnes, a.k.a. Agatha Harkness, who appears to be a guiding force for Wanda's fake world, keeps referencing her husband, Ralph, even though we never, ever see him. Of course, Ralph and Barf have a common meaning in English. <laughs> in episode two, Vision will regurgitate yeah. Big Red. Man, a lot of vomit motifs here. And in episode one, Doc, uh, Hart is, has to spit up the... Uh, a piece of food. Well, he doesn't get it sped up. He gets it. That's true. Uh, that's true. Removed by vision. Good but point. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, good thing or a good point is that the gum that that uh, Herbert Sherbert will make Sherbert uh, that Herbert <laughs> offers him is big red, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. We don't see the color on the gum packet, though. No, we don't. I, th- I think that color represents things from the real world coming in somehow. Um, yeah. Things that are actually affecting the real world or, or coming from the real world or whatever. Hmm. Glenn continues, number four. Last one, and this one might be even more of a stretch. But the scene immediately before the introduction of Barf in Civil War is when Wanda fails to clear crossbones from exploding that building in Lagos. Literally the last shot before cutting to the barf introduction is a close-up of Wanda's face in horrified guilt. Have the directors been dropping hints for that many years? Pushing that to the next level, so assuming Wanda is deep in barf, (laughs) it looks like... Gross. It looks like Sword is monitoring her progress, but I also suspect Agnes is a rogue intruder, perhaps sent by Mephisto. With Wanda's sanity and powers as the prize, I suspect a war between Sword, Mephisto, and possibly other entities, Mysterio, AMS Beekeeper, Nightmare, are happening all around her. She's staying put in her fake world to hold on to Vision and process his loss through Barf, but growing unsure of the fake world as time goes on. What do you all think? And I know only one rant per email, but I have, but have you all noticed all the Alice in Wonderland references? White and red roses, white rabbit, ticking watch. Mm, mm-hmm. That's, man, I gotta say, I, I think we, I did not intend to do, I, I did not intend to save Glenn's for last because it was best. Uh, I, I was kind of sorted by length, uh, but man, Glenn, there's a lot of good stuff in your email. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. That is so many good points. Uh, and I don't know if it's barf, but like you make a compelling case for it for sure. Well, like if you, if you think about it, barf, uh, with it being a digital construct of, you know, the, the hippocampus, right? Like the events going on in there and, and kind of framing their reality, so to speak, like Tony did it in a way that like projected it onto, onto the things around him. But like, how would they be able to, how would sword be able to monitor what's going on? Like, why do they have that TV? Why do they have all that equipment? Like it, it makes sense that if it were a barf simulation that they might be using that equipment like that to monitor what's going on for her. And maybe they're presenting the, the world around her as episodes of a TV show. Like what if they set it up to be a TV show like that? And she's just in there experiencing it with vision. 
Yeah. And the reason they're going through the decades of, of TV like this is to be able to rapidly age the characters. The kids, too. Yeah, maybe the kids get aged, maybe Vision gets aged, and gets to the point to where it seems like Vision dies of old age, maybe? And she can process it normally like, like that? Hmm. Maybe. Put it on the board. It's going on the board. Put that towards the bottom of the board. <laughs> okay, it's on the bottom of the board. <laughs> no, I, I do like the idea that she's processing it through barf. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the Spider-Man connection, but yeah, who's in control of the barf technology right now? But uh, Mysterio and the team, the team that is Mysterio. So what if Mysterio is involved in this and that ties into Spider-Man 3? Um, there it is. Golly, so many possibilities. And that's what makes this world so rich, the world of the MCU. And that's why we're happy, happy, happy to be back in this world. <laughs> oh, man, so excited. I'm a happy, happy guy. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I'm a happy panda. Anything else in the chat? Ashley. Um, Muzzy says, I forgot to mention, has anyone mentioned the turn to color tie to the Wizard of Oz? Oh, right. Yeah, we haven't talked about the fact that it goes from black and white to color. Well, going from black and white to color was, you know, that that happened in the Wizard of Oz, but also Oz the Great and Powerful was was at that theater in exactly, the trailer. Yeah, that's why I've talked yeah. about it before. But yeah, that's a the, good the point. Alice in Wonderland, Oz stuff like that's to me that's not too surprising. I, I would figure that that'd be something that they would tie in with what she's doing. Yeah. It's very they're very similar to like, you know. Is she also riding a know. bike with the bunny when she's got the bunny with her? Am I am I, am I crazy? She I know she has the bunny throughout the thing and at one point she's riding a bike, which just reminds me of the Wizard of Oz the witch, the west, the, power of the, the beginning, witch. riding with the do- mm-hmm. riding with the dog, or is it? Yeah. Anyway, Dorothy has the dog. Dorothy yeah. has the dog. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'll get you and your little dog too. Yeah, she thought it was in the basket at one point on the bike. Am I wrong? No, well, maybe. maybe. The, the the lady in the black and white section, the the grumpy old lady who eventually, you know, that actor uh, the actor becomes the witch. Yeah, that old lady is the is the one that's riding a bike. Right. And the dog right. is not involved. Never mind. I may just be crazy. Dog's not involved. Okay. Cool. But, but, but Agnes is riding a bike. And she's the in, witch. In the trailer. And we know that Agatha Harkness is the witch. Yep. Right. So, so it, that checks out. Yeah, that checks out. We've talked about that before when we were just talking about the, um, uh, the, the Oz the Great and Powerful sign in the coming episode, in the coming episode which is probably this next episode. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great catch, Muzzy, that they have the black and white color thing in this because that's what happens in that. Um, okay, I love it. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I guess that's, that's yes. about it for us. Uh, thank you, everybody, who's been uh, joining the Patreon and uh, sending all the feedback it's making this community so much more vibrant. It's given us a lot to cover uh, over these few weeks. We, we're not even going to get to do a news episode today uh, because there's just too much WandaVision. Uh, too many WandaVisions. Um, I disagree. I disagree. There's as well. not enough WandaVision. No, I agree. It's just enough WandaVision. <laughs> Well, we'll be back next week with more. Um, hit us up on all the places. We're on all the places, you know, uh, MCU cast in most of the social medias, um, as well as 573 cast MCU if you want to call and leave a voicemail. And um, we'll be back soon. YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, I meant to mention this. And I know I mentioned this at like the end of the sec- two and a half hours, and only some people made it. But if you made it this far, if we have entertained you for two and a half hours, 
Uh, or if you've listened to this a double time and we've only entertained you for one and one hour and 15 <laughs> minutes, but it's been time like that. We've been talking like this the whole time. Um, <laughs> then please go help us out by going to youtube.com slash stranded panda and hit and subscribe. We are trying to build up our YouTube channel. And this week we did a little push on Facebook and got to 400 subscribers, but we get thousands of downloads on these things every week. If you guys, if just a small fraction of where you would go, we could hit a thousand this week, you know, or hit, hit 500 this week. So please go over to youtube.com slash stranded panda, hit subscribe, watch the videos when you can. Um, we're, we're now posting this podcast as a video version every week. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot of work, but we're just trying to get to a new audience and find new pandas out there who are stranded to get them plugged into this community. So, Hey, thank you. Nowhere bound. Just subscribed in the chat. Thank you. Um, and thank you to everybody who subscribed this week. It really, um, it's helping us out to grow that channel a lot. So, and and comment on things if you can, uh, we've got them all there. Yeah. Comment, like comment, subscribe, like comment, subscribe, you know, all the YouTube things people always hit the notification bell so that you get, uh, you get notified when a new video drops and then just click on our Marvel cinematic universe podcast playlist when you're leaving the house and just hit play. And let it go <laughs> for hours. That would be the most helpful. Make sure that automatic. Make sure that auto play is on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. One thing that I want to uh, drop at the end of this episode to kind of build the hype train is Matt. All this, all this Matt Nashley that we're talking about is content that dropped on Friday. We're getting more content this upcoming Friday. Yeah, it's crazy. We're I getting know. more in five days. I can't believe how much is going on in the world of MCU right now. Just can't believe it. You know, and then it's going to keep happening mm-hmm. every freaking week for the whole year. Uh, I got to, I can't MCU's contain myself. Back, baby. MCU is back. It's back strong. And I am year. so, so pumped. I can't wait. So happy. This is the first time I got to talk about a new, anything like MCU or new with you guys. That's really? true. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. Is, besides doing the trailer breakdowns, I've never really gotten to talk about the MCU with you guys. Isn't It's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. This oh, is man. awesome. That's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. We're so happy to have you involved now, Ashley. It's we been, should have had a bottle of champagne to, to break against the ship. As much as... <laughs> Mimosas. <laughs> Mimosas all day. Yeah, just... I miss brunch. <laughs> I love the idea. I love the idea of breaking... A mimosa over the bow of a ship, like breaking the <laughs> wine bottle and then breaking an orange juice bottle. <laughs> Shortly, just throw the bottle and then an orange at it. <laughs> orange slices. Yes. Orange. Oh, we tied it all together it's, at the end. Also, oranges exist in space. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tang is the orange juice that astronauts drink. Oh my god! When they go to space. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i feel i feel bad about what happened today uh just this whole <laughs> this whole podcast so that we made no um first for real though we love dirty. you guys thank you so much strandedpanda.com for all the things you can find it, how to connect with us we're gonna be doing the oh we're gonna be doing the live stream fridays am i right jeff 8 a.m we're gonna be doing the live watch yeah, sure. So if you go to strandedpanda.com slash MCU cast, I'll have instructions on there on how to do it. You're just going to go on to Scener and there'll be a, there'll be a link there. You can go there and join us for the live watches at 8 a.m. And then about 9 a.m. We'll go be live on Twitch with the podcast. So you can be in contributing to the theories and ideas as we're going. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. All time central. Oh yeah. All times are central. Thank you. <laughs> 8 a.m. Central. All right, guys, we love you. 3000 peace. Bye. Until next time, true believers.
Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.